and welcome to the Meshed Young Adult Ministry Podcast. Today we hear from Randy Jemper, host of the Meshed Young Adult Ministry Podcast and Young Adult Pastor at First Assembly of God North Little Rock. If I had to talk big picture just for a moment, um, I think there's a couple things um, that I wish I had done when I started out. First, I'd, I'd give the ministry away rather than controlling it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I was pretty cocky in the beginning that I was gifted and talented and that my gifts and my talents were going to drive it. When I think a better view of the kingdom is the collective gifts and talents drive the kingdom. Mm-hmm. I can drive the bus to use Jim Collins language as the leader, but I don't want a bus. I want a kingdom. And so we need the whole group, all of us working together. Um, and if, if the, if the young adult ministry in your local church rises and falls just on you, like if you stop today and it wouldn't exist anymore, then you've failed as a leader. Because the truth is young adulthood is transitory. So if you're a young adult and you're a young adult leader, if you left and there wouldn't be anything perpetual, then part you've let you failed. You haven't set up sort of plan. I mean this with confidence. Mm-hmm. I could walk away tomorrow with, with the ministry at next with the ministry at unite be the same. Of course not. I have a huge impact, but it would still happen. Like it would still move forward. There would still be life change taking place. Somebody else. I am not indispensable. I'm not Jesus. I got to give it away and got to empower leaders. I, I used to be really controlling. Um, now what I've moved from controlling to what I call influencing, I don't control every decision in every group, but I, as the leader, I influence what my other leaders are doing. I'd give the ministry away. Uh, secondly, we've already said it. I'd build lifelong followers and by lifelong followers, I would mean find a way to integrate and stay connected to the overall church. Some of my favorite things we've done in the past. I make my young adult leadership team attend our senior adult activities. It's required for leadership. So a couple times over the course of years, we've got one coming up in a few weeks. Our old people have their own little Sunday school class. When I say little, I mean, there's 120 of them. They have this great deal. They sing old hymns. None of our kids have ever heard of. They teach class out of the quarterly. It's everything. It's old school AG because they're old. So, <laughs> Our crew will show up. They'll have sausage biscuits for their, they'll, we'll feed them. We'll interact with them and we'll place a young adult at every one of their tables. And then I'll take the stage and then I'll say something to the effect. I mean, I've got it memorized. I'll say, Hey, I'm sorry to interrupt your class today, but because you've given and faithfully prayed and supported young adult ministry in our local church, I just want to tell you, thank you. Our students or young adults are here to say thank you. And I'm grateful that I'm at a church where people of one generation don't stop or fight another generation from experiencing Jesus. I know you don't come to our services, but I just want to introduce you to, here's Tyler. Tyler was selling drugs two years ago. Tyler came to our Unite service. Sorry, because people matter. Tyler was saved and trans changed his life. He's been here now for weeks, and it wouldn't have happened unless you gave. Our old people cheer. We got a guy standing on the stage with ripped up jeans and tattoos everywhere. He's the exact opposite. Those people are afraid of him when they run into him in the mall. 
but he's standing up there and he cheers. And then I finish and I say, I know some of you have grandkids and some of you have great grandkids and your prayer is that someone will share Jesus with them. Let's do it for the young adults in our community. And then we'll pray that God will bless the harvest of your investment will be someone will do it wherever your child or grandchild is somewhere else. And they clap and our old people give us massive rooms of space to do crazy stuff uh, because I'm building lifelong followers. Um, in church where if we talk about closing the back door, people come in the front door and then they leave on the back door. I think we as young adult leaders have blasted these pastors for the last 20 years that say two thirds of all high school students drop out of church one or two years after they go. So we got to build young adult ministry. Um, I'm really good friends with Chi Alpha leadership, really close to them, spoken at salts, done all that stuff. But the statistics for campus ministry are worse than they are youth ministry. Mm. I don't care if your Chi Alpha group runs 500 in its service. If three years after graduation, those kids aren't attending church somewhere and practicing their faith, you failed. Um, it, my biggest frustration is the loss on the back end of young adult ministry. Um, after they move into the overall life of the church, how are they practicing their faith? And it's that concept of building lifelong followers. I think that's important. I think, uh, I think we talked about fitting the ministry inside the local church. I think that's important. Um, and I would just encourage you a little bit and then I'll, I'll shut up. Um, the pursuit of pop culture ministry is a trap of the enemy. Um, I've been around this long enough to see every clothing trend in young adult ministry, meaning uh, I've seen the polo shirts with the logo stage. I've seen the fancy uh, shirts that you fold the cuffs up and there's a different print on the cuff than the shirt. I've been through the uh, buckle stage where we have big embroidered crosses all over our stuff and boots, even though we're not from Texas. I've been through the floral stage. I've been through the uh, short bill hat stage. I've been through the urban pop stage. I've been through the ripped up jeans stage. I've been through the, we need a full worship band and laser lights around the room. I've been through the turn all the lights off and light a candle and have one guy on a guitar who hadn't shaved in six weeks or bathe stage of worship. I've been through Hillsong worship. I've been through elevation worship. I've been through it all. All those are great and they're appropriate. But if that's what you're chasing for relevance, then you're just going to wear yourself out. Leverage your personalities and your styles, but don't chase pop culture pieces. Of course, everybody wants to play Kanye this week in their services. Of course, we're all making fun of Chick-fil-A. Of course, we're doing it. And we should. Let's leverage it. Let's use it. But um, let's also remember that Christ calls us to cross-cultural ministry that we're to cut against the grain just a little bit. Um, there's a Pentecostal philosopher named James K. Smith, a uh, former AG guy. He's really, really cool. He talks about the rise of secularity right now and that the rise of the nuns and all these people for the first time, it's boomeranging. So his quote that I love, what happens when a doubter doubts? 
Um, and we have a generation of people who are doubt who are doubters, and now they are doubting their doubt, which means if you doubt your doubt, you believe. And uh, as we as Pentecostals specifically, we have we've got the market on the experience. Um, this current crop of young adults, what's their entertainment choices? We're the Harry Potter generation. We're the uh, Marvel, DC, mm-hmm. fantasy. Uh, Game of Thrones, the whole bigger than life, supernatural. This generation doesn't have a problem with believing the fanciful and the crazy. Let's just give them what's good crazy, and that's the power of the Holy Spirit. Right. Let's be unashamedly. Let's let's cut the thing. You want a Game of Thrones? I'm sort of the king of kings. I don't have to watch the stupid show. I know who wins in the end. I, the, these kinds of concepts, I think, really, really work. Um, I think our culture is helping us here. If I were to, what would I do right now to cross that cultural grain? Um, I wouldn't make social justice issues my platform, but I would leverage the biblical approach to those issues. Uh, right now, um, and I'll, I'll give you a concept where we're at, an insight. Uh, we're in the South. We're heavily influenced by a lot of the argument in the church culture about women in ministry right now. Uh, a lot of our churches in our community, a lot are real, they've done big things about it. So, you know what I do? I, I've had as many women as I possibly can speak. I want to, I'm making public statements. I'm showing what we do and who we are as an alternative across culture. Racial tension is an all time high. So we lean into it. We, we lean into the tension and we show what God says about those things. And so we've been blessed. We have a multiracial group in the South. We're one of the few places where uh, our church is integrated. So we lean into it. That, that's the, what I'm talking about. I'm, I don't think you ignore the trends in culture, but you don't make chasing them there. Because if, you're, if you do that, uh, you're not careful. But let me go back and say, I had a short build hat. I had an embroidered shirt. I had a polo shirt. I had the ripped jeans. And I even had those stupid flipped up collar thing. I never owned a floral plant print. I'll just tell you, they were stupid looking. That but we know of. That, that we know, you know of. That I'm willing to <laughs> So I'm not saying ignore those things, but those are not the levers that grow your ministry. It's not a worship style. Jesus can move with the, the dude with the guitar and a candle as much as he can do with the laser lights. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would it. I think the last bit of advice, this is off the cuff, is, um, you yeah. <laughs> know. He's shaking his head for the listeners. <laughs> buckle wouldn't be, the buckle wouldn't be in business if it wasn't for Baptist youth pastors. But um, <laughs> um, I think sometimes we become in love with authenticity and relevance. And when I say that, there's nothing wrong and everything right about being authentic and real and relevant. But when they become tools we use, that it, then what we're able to do is actually come up with modes to do it rather than being it. So you can be unplanned and spontaneous and unorganized and call that authenticity. Well, we're just being authentic. We're gonna, we're gonna, things are going to mess up. Well, really, sure, that happens. But if that means you didn't plan anything, then you're not being authentic. You're being lazy. Mm-hmm. If, if, you, if your stuff isn't working or your sermon doesn't make any sense, it's not you being real. That's, that's you not being obedient to the Spirit of God to plan and prepare. 
-hmm. A lack of excellence does not equate with spirit empowerment. Um, Now, that doesn't mean you have to do everything over-programmed and organized, but I think sometimes, especially in the young adult world, there's nothing wrong with spontaneous and rough, but if, if rough is your strategy, you might just be lazy. Thanks for listening in. Join us next time on the Meshed Young Adult Ministry Podcast. For more resources, check out yaministry.org.